foolish I've been blind I've let my doubts and my confusion cloud my mind I have walked in my own wisdom I've been wrong Touch me now and take me back where I belong Restore my soul in the valley and I might be working at last to stand with thee on the of all that once I clung to, Lord, I come. Though in your eyes I know I'm nothing, yet I come. With your hands that once was nails gone just for me. Take my hand and lead me back where I
It's good to have Brother Kenny back with us this morning. He's going to bring us a special at this time. It is good to be here. It's always good to be at the promised land. And uh, I've been hearing such great reports about all the kids being saved. And it's all because of the ministries that God allows us to have at our churches that we can spread the gospel to a lost and dying world. And I tell you what, when the children start getting saved, you may start seeing some mamas and daddies getting saved. But I pray that uh, you came here today ready to experience God's grace. I love to sing about Jesus coming back. And I love to preach about Jesus coming back. And I love that verse of Scripture or verses of Scripture over in John chapter 14, beginning in verse number 1. And what does it say? You can say it with me. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place, and if I go and prepare a place, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. I hope that your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life today. If not, it can be. Listen to the words of this song, I'll Be Back. One day up in heaven, the Savior said goodbye. As he started on his journey, the holy angels cried. I turned to face his father, and this I heard him say. Mankind owes a debt below that I could only pay. I'll be back I'll be back I'll be gone for a little while But one day I'm coming back I'll be back On his way to Jerusalem Jesus told his men You'll see the Son betrayed there, there I'll be condemned. You'll see them mock me and curse me, you'll see me crucified. You'll see me suffer in agony, but there you'll see me die. But I'll be back, I'll be back. Just a few short days and I'll be back. And after they laid my sweet Jesus in the tomb, he got up, took a trip down below. He told the devil that he had lost the battle for man's soul. And I believe that he took the keys. He looked the devil right in the eyes. He said the grave could not hold me. I'm headed back to glory, so devil, keep this in mind. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be gone for a season, oh boy. 
But one day I'm coming back, I'll be back. One day on a hillside, as Jesus rose up in the clouds, the words he spoke came flooding back to some young men in the crowd. He said, I go to prepare a place, but I'll be back again. I'm going to take my people to a land where joy shall never end. Because I'll be back. I'll be back. Oh, I hope you're ready to meet him in the clouds. Because one day our Savior's coming back. Oh, He's coming back. Oh, He's coming back. Oh, I hope you're ready to meet Him. Because one day He's coming back. Oh, He's coming back. Church, don't lose faith, because He's coming back. Go ahead and open your Bibles, book of Luke, chapter 10. And, uh, boy, that'll put a quiver in your liver. And uh, that'll get you going. Get you all fired up, thinking about Jesus coming again. And he is coming again. Matter of fact, we've got a, a lot of work, and we are thankful uh, for all the young people getting saved, Brother Kenny. And, and uh, come back tonight, you get a chance to uh, hear Brother Kenny again. He'll share a word with us uh, tonight. And so, got a lot going on. And uh, packing for missionaries, packing for Operation Christmas Child. Uh, we'll take care of some church business in between time. Got a baptism tonight. Uh, so a lot of good things happening. We've had baptisms already. Had a stack of four Bibles we gave away to a baptism candidates the other day. And so uh, praying that we'll give out some more. Let's stand for the reading of God's Holy Word. And this passage, we'll be looking at getting ready in just a second. Luke chapter 10, beginning with verse 1. Luke chapter 10, if you had a bulletin, you already knew where I was headed. Just read a few short verses, very powerful verses. The Word of God says, And after these things, the Lord appointed other seventy also, and sent them two and two before His face into every city and place, whither he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time to share your word together. May we be willing to go to work, to do the work that you would have us to do, to share your word, to tell others about your saving power, your love for them, that they can be redeemed from sin. Thank you, Jesus. In his name we pray. 
Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of God's Holy Word. Just looking out in the crowd just as an answered prayer, it's great to have guests. And a lot of times, we and again, we've had guests before uh, for this particular weekend hunting in Ashley County is a big thing. That's the reason that uh, Brother Kenny's still coming down here to Ashley County. And uh, just uh, he's surrounded by houses where he lives. And uh, so he, he was telling me when he used to live in the parsonage where I live now that, you know, deer was running, running everywhere, and they still are around here. Just wish they had a, a little bit bigger horns. And if they do, Brother Kenny kills them because uh, he did yesterday. But uh, it's, it's a great blessing, I think, about just to live in this land. I know that, and I think about our veterans and honoring them while ago, and we've got a lot to be thankful for. People are being saved, and I look out at answered prayer, and it's speaking of answered prayer, just seeing Miss Dora back there, that's just an answered prayer. And, uh, and I saw her last time as checking with uh, Joe, her son, just hearing the good news. And then, of course, her husband telling me that she's recovering. It's great to see her. It's great. To, I always answered prayer. People getting right with the Lord. People getting uh, better. People uh, you know, no, coming to know Jesus as their Savior. People following the Lord in baptism. But once you come to know Jesus Christ, it's then that it's time to go to work. And, and, and when you, you say, well, when do I stop working for the Lord? When he calls you home. That's the short answer of it. That's when you stop working for the Lord. When he's done with you, he'll call you home. And there's a, there's a getting ready of saved, born-again believers. We're called to go out into the world and carry the good news of the gospel to a lost and dying world. Uh, there's a duck dynasty right now. I borrowed a, uh, a theme from it, you know, and it has to do with, uh, uh, don't duck your destiny. If you're, if you're saved, your destiny is to live for the Lord. He wants you to live for him. He doesn't want you to sit on the sidelines. Well, I'm saved. That's all I had to do. But then it's time to go to work. I remember, uh, back in whenever I first started bow hunting in the 80s. And um, I never had a, had a bow and arrow whenever uh, <clears throat> I was uh, growing up. Uh, just never did. No, nobody ever bought me one. I had a matter of fact, I did have a, a little old toy bow. And it would, matter of fact, I got out there being a redneck and crazy as I am. I would take just as an old long bow we got. My granny kept giving me those green stamps. You remember you put them green stamps in a book? Now, everybody uh, 30s and down don't know what I'm talking about. But, you know, the green stamps, and you put them in the book, and I got this bow. And I went out there in the front yard, and I said, I wonder how high this thing can go. And it went straight up, and I realized it's coming straight back down. i got to figure out where to get, you know. And I'd do that for a while. Then I got, never mind, I'm not going to say it to some young person to hear me and try that. And, uh, but anyway, and then I, so I never had another one, thank the Lord. And then until I got a little smarter and then, uh, I got one, I started entering 3d bow tournaments in the eighties and I really, man, I started winning a few tournaments and I got to where I was measuring down to the grains on arrows and I'd shorten them. I had an over, this is a real long era. And I, I had an overdraw and all that. And I would get to where I'd measure, do, and I'd, I'd make sure that every single vein 
was just perfect. Knocks were perfectly aligned, and whenever you spun them, that they were perfectly balanced, and that whenever there was spinning, it was perfect. The air wasn't warped at all. With aluminum airs, that was a big thing. The graphite ones that we use now, uh, it's not quite uh, a degree of element of that happening, but Anyway, there's a lot of preparation went into me shooting those tournaments. And today, we, we hunt with a gun or maybe black powder, and we have to get ready by sighting in our arrows, I mean our guns, our scopes, getting them just right. There's preparation involved. And uh, there's, you know, it's kind of like uh, the old adage, uh, you know, it makes a lot easier work spent, if you spent 15 minutes sharpening that knife or sharpening that axe. It makes that work a whole lot easier. Well, us today, we're supposed to get ready, and we're supposed to get ready to go out. Matter of fact, looking at this, this is this right here, this example that we're going to look at. Jesus had been preparing these uh, 70 people, and he really he got them ready because this particular event here in Luke 10 is just really a short-term mission trip. Uh, he got them ready to do some things for him. There's, he really doesn't give them because we're not called to do exactly. Now, there's some patterns we can follow. And I watch this too, Brother Kenny. And uh, there's some patterns we can follow about going out from here. But this is just what it is. He said, go out and do this. And he did one time with the disciples. He sent them out at a time. But we, and we'll look at it in just a second, get our marching orders. What does the Lord want us to do toward the end of the Gospels? And we'll see exactly what does God want us to do. Now, in this pattern that we look at and we find out how to, how are we supposed to get ready? If I'm saved, if I'm a born again believer, what is my job? It's time, first of all, we need to pray, verse 2. There may be somebody in this room that God is dealing with to preach. Now, there's different kinds of laborers. We have all kinds of laborers in promised land. That's what makes our church work. This is not a one-man show. This is an everybody show. This is everybody following Jesus. And we're supposed to be examples to our kids and our grandkids. And so pray ye therefore what? That the Lord of the harvest would send forth and call more laborers into the field. So you can work beside me here in verse 2. That, that he would call more men to preach. That he may be burdening somebody to start teaching Sunday school. Or to work in Awana. Or to work in a Sunday night Bible study. Or work with a choir. Or work on Wednesday night with a, a group. Just be a leader. There's plenty of places that we can plug in their short-term places. There may be times where there's, uh, I see all the time, boy, I tell you what, I think about uh, Brother Lee has been cooking up a storm. <laughs> Every time you turn around, the head fella is cooking. But you see, he's looking for a place and looking for a job to go to work. And there's plenty of places. All you got to do is ask or do or go. So there's all sorts of jobs just picking up this or doing that or doing this. We talked about this morning, the Hamburg football team has one more game. We have an opportunity to do for the football team for this playoff game. We pray that it's more than one game, and uh, but they guaranteed at least one more. There's always opportunities for community outreach and this and that. So this is a great prayer to pray. In verse 3, it talks about our attitude. Go your ways, in verse 3, and our attitude. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Now, folks, a lot of times we think, well, 
This is really speaking about how vicious the world is and how vicious Satan is compared to us. But really, folks, it's really about how are we to be in this world. It says, as we are to be, I called you as lambs. You, that you're born again, that we're not, that our weapons of warfare aren't with, uh, with the physical weapons, but with spiritual weapons. So we're out there doing battle, and the Bible says that he'll, he'll fight our battles for us. That he'll uh, take care of us. Our weapons of warfare, the only ones that Jesus even used was he quoted the Word of God. And so we're, we're as lambs. Jesus was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So his pattern was exactly what our pattern. Whenever they slapped him upside the face, he didn't slap them back. He said, I'm going to do a job. You can hit me, you can spit on me, you can beat on me, you can pull my beard out, and you can scourge me, and you can even crucify me. But guess what? I'm going to do my job. The, what job? The, what his father had called him to do. And so we're supposed to, in other words, instead of returning evil for evil, to return love and good to people who persecute you, who are, if the world's angry against you or uh, mean to you, it's tough. But wasn't Jesus that pattern? Didn't he give us that pattern of love? And it's quoted throughout the New Testament. So this is really about our attitude. Then also in verse 4, I think we'll be surprised at how God will provide. It says, and this is very interesting, I'm sending you out on this mission trip, so to speak, and I'm carrying neither purse nor script nor shoes. In other words, no over, overnight bag needed. Don't pack extra clothes. I'm just going to, I think you're going to be surprised at how God will provide. We were, um, in matter of fact, it's really been the last month we've been talking about our missions and missionaries. And one thing that Promised Land's involved in is heavily in missions. You know, in, in, in our missionary, we've, we've got a, a national, which is in the Philippines. And then, of course, we have Brother Joel. And he's an American, grew up here, and of course, obviously in the U.S., and, and we sent him to a foreign country. And uh, he's back here seeking medical treatment, all that right now. But you know what? Listen, you, you send somebody out, and you really don't know how God's going to provide for the needs, and then you see him do it. You know what I mean? And that's really what he's saying here. You really may not know how God is going to say, well, I'd love to go somewhere, do something, but I just don't know how God's going to work. It's great whenever you step out to see him actually do it. It's great when you take a step of faith to see God actually come through. You'll be surprised at how he'll do it. In verse 5 and 6, if we read that together... You see how that you can be a blessing to others. And it says, okay, you get invited into this house in verse 5. Uh, and whatsoever house you enter, you need to say, peace be unto this house. And if the son of peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. And if not, shall, shall return to you again. Basically, just summing this up. If you, let's put this where everybody in this room can use this. If you're saved and you're a member of this church or some other church and you want to live for the Lord, look for opportunities to be a blessing to people. Look for opportunities to help people. 
It's saying that you get an opportunity, and he said, put your blessing on that house. Help them out. Say, man, you're doing a great... Encourage somebody. If you see somebody discouraged, encourage them. If you see somebody down, lift them up. Offer your blessings to people. And then it goes on to say, in the very next verse, verse 7, and in the same house, if you're there, and man, you've... Somebody's there, man, they're being nice to you. And, they, and you're saying, man, you're, thank you for taking me in. The same house remain eating, drinking, such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his hire and go not from house to house. In other words, hey, if I open the door for you to be here, it's kind of like this. Uh, and I've seen different, it's happened a lot since I've been here at Promised Land. Somebody gives me something. They say, Brother Michael, we want to give you this. You can say, oh, no, I don't deserve it. But then I've heard, had people, this happened years ago. They said, well, if, I, if you don't accept this gift, you're robbing me of a blessing. Which basically is this. Some people don't know how to give. And some people don't know how to receive. If somebody's trying to be nice to you, let them be nice to you. you does, does that make sense? Because if somebody, especially a brother or sister in Christ, if they're offering any aid, you know, you say, we've given out love offerings, you know, forever since this church has been in existence and people receive it. Did y'all know it's a blessing to promised land to be able to give a love offering to somebody? And whether you do it, whether you do it through the church or whether you did it just one-on-one or a lot of people in this church and in this very room right now, have given offerings or help or benefits or aid or ever what description might be accurate, and nobody knew it but them and God. And that's learn to accept it and say, you know what, I'm so glad that God offers this. And so this is kind of uh, about our attitude, our approach to working for the Lord, getting ready to go out. You know, and then God does the rest in verse 10. And it goes on to say in verse 10, Whatsoever city you enter and they receive you not, go your ways out in the streets of the same city. Verse 11 just basically says, Shuck, Shake the dust off your feet if they don't hear you. And verse 12 says, I say unto you, It is more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. Basically, God says, I'll take care of it. If you just tell people, did you know that even Jesus, when he shared the gospel, not everybody accepted it. And so he's trying to prepare them. Not everybody is going to accept my word when you speak it. Okay? And accept my son. The next thing that I want to talk about is we get our orders. Our orders, and we have them, basically it's called, sometimes called the Great Commission. And we'll look at these real quick. And many of you are very familiar with it. In Matthew chapter 28. <clears throat> very end of that chapter, very end of the book of Matthew. The Word of God says this in verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power, that means all authority, is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Pause right there. That verse teaches this. It, it literally means to share the good news. 
Now, the, the word teach is used twice in here, but there's two different words behind that in the original language. This first one is, tell people how you got saved. That word teach literally means to share the story. And then it says, and teach them all, uh, then it says, uh, teaching all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And then it says, teaching them all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even in the end of the world. Amen. And that last teach is telling everything in the Bible, from Genesis to the maps, talking to people about the Lord. Share your story. We have a lot of interesting ways to do this. Of course, the Jesus, God, authorized the preaching of the Word. Okay, we have preaching of the Word. There's teaching. The Bible says that he left some preachers and teachers. And, of course, before that there were apostles. In between time there's evangelists. There's all these ways you can work. And uh, here at Promised Land, of course, you have the, the pastors preaching. We have Sunday school teachers teaching. We have Sunday night classes teaching. We have BBS teachers teaching. We have uh, Upward Ministries fisting to start this next week. Sign-ups are going on. Brother Trey and I have been talking about that. And so we got Upward Ministry. And the Word of God is presented at the halftime of every single game and in the middle of every single practice. It's a pretty cool outreach. We literally have... Ashley County comes to Promised Land. That's pretty cool. Each weekend, about 500 people every Saturday goes through our Family Life Center and get to hear the story of the gospel, which is pretty cool. All right? And then, of course, we have other things. Awana, of course, there's plenty getting uh, people getting saved right then and there. All right. And then Mark's account of this. Mark's account, real quick. It says this in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, and then head to Acts. Mark 16, verse 15 says this, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every, and it says every creature, it means every created thing, to preach the gospel. And then just fly over to the book of Acts chapter 1, and verse 8, the word of God says there, This is Luke's account. Of course, he wrote the book of Luke and Acts under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he says here in Acts 1.8, But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. And that is that we're supposed to be witnesses. And Jerusalem is Hamburg. Judea is Ashley County. Samaria, you might say, is Arkansas. And then it says what? Under the uttermost part of the earth. And so, and then we need to grow. And I want to talk about this real quick. Uh, first off, before I do, you know, even Jesus grew and learned. These two verses real quick that you may not be aware of. In Luke chapter 2, verse 40. And then in verse 52. It says, and the child, this is talking about Jesus, he's 12 years old in the context. The child grew and waxed strong in the spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. It goes on at the end of this chapter, and it says, and Jesus 
increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Which tells me this, that did you know you think, well, Jesus, when he was five, man, he was smart as, he was just smart as God because he was God. But God allowed Jesus to do what you and I do, to grow. Now, he did it without sin, which means that he didn't get tired and he didn't get distracted and all this. So, so it's amazingly, according to these two verses right here, he actually experienced growth. He experienced growth pains, if you will. He experienced all the pains. The Bible says he experiences everything as we do, yet without sin. So he experienced learning. It says he increased in wisdom, which means this. He actually learned he grew, which tells us, me and you, that we're to grow and learn. Now, before I move on to the next one, which is Second uh, Timothy 2.15, that we all need to study and learn. Matter of fact, that's our one verse. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Thinking about studying. What does the want to stand for? Approved workmen are not ashamed. You know, think about rightly dividing the word of God. Study to show thyself approved, approved workmen. You think about growing and learning. You know what? There may be somebody in here and, and you're learning, you're growing, but are you are you saved? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Without knowing Him, it's just head knowledge instead of heart knowledge. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you don't have a home in heaven. And when Jesus does come again, we won't belong to Him. So it's very important. And then the last scripture in Second Peter chapter 3. In verse 18, we can grow how? We can grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My heart is heavy for the people of promised land to want to grow. And yes, I, I'm getting ready for the end of service, but don't just say, well, I need to close up our Bibles and that's it. Let's get ready to go and eat lunch. This is the most important part of this service right now. We've looked at the Scriptures. We've shared the, what the Word of God has to say. We've, uh, we've heard some awesome singing uh, I love the uh, the chorus, we're standing on holy ground, the choir special, Brother Kenny special. All of this, and then the Word of God, I need to grow. I need to, I need to not only grow, you can grow all you want. And if you don't do a two-letter word, then you're a backslidden Christian with a lot of knowledge. And it's the word is go. Because that's what he said. Go ye into all the world. You can be full of the, I mean, you can have the Bible memorized and have all the smarts in the world. But if we don't go, we're hypocritical 
and backslidden if we don't tell somebody. Share the gospel. Tell others. Grow and go. Both of those are in the Bible, in God's holy word. As we prepare for a hymn of invitation, let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time and opportunity to share your word. And I'm praying that your Holy Spirit would just lead us to realize that it's, it's everything about your gospel centers on your love for us. Your love, you loved us so much, you sent your one and only Son to be our Savior. There is somebody here this morning and they've never prayed and asked you to be their Savior. My hope and prayer is that they would do that this morning. They'd call on you. If we need to rededicate our life, if we need to take a step and say, I need to grow and I need to do more, help us to do that. Help us to rise to this opportunity to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.